0: This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at
1: CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
0: Who better to discuss them with? My friend Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, and No longer writes, Uh, but the Pick 6 podcast is there for you. Uh, Does it take less time to do them when you only have two games, Will Brinson? Uh, you yeah, know, it should,
1: but sometimes it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it depends on what happens in the games, right? Like, yeah, the Chiefs and Bengals game was fantastic. There were a lot of um, official, questionable officiating situations that occurred. In that one. And, of course, you know, people at college like, like, we don't want to hear about the officials. It's like, look, man, I'm going to tell you the there's like eight trending topics on Twitter, the eight top trending topics yeah. on Twitter right now are, like, NFL rigged, NFL refs. Thanks, NFL. I can't think we're going to talk about it. Um, Spend a lot less time obviously on Eagles and 49ers just because of the nature of that game, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty good at um, at uh, stretching the amount of time that you know, like if, if, <laughs> I, I, can, I can stretch it out a little bit if need he be. Here's the th- here's my, the thing about
0: here's the thing about the officiating in the Cincinnati um, Kansas City game that th- at least the, the way it sticks with me, and I am uh, I am one to not really give credence to like I know officiating uh manages the game or it uh can really impact the outcome of a game. Uh in general, I believe that teams don't necessarily lose games because of the officials. They lose games of their own volition. And I think that I think the number one factor in the game last night was Kansas City's defense, not the officiating in this game. But there were, the Bengals got the the wrong side of the coin on basically every questionable call. All of them, including, like, this is a subtle one. It was a fourth down that they ruled, uh, it would have been fourth down, I guess. They ruled, or maybe it was fourth down, and they ruled he was short of the line to gain. And then they went back and looked at it, and the only rule, the only view that showed that he got a first down was an off angle. The only angle right down the line looked like he was probably short and they still gave them the first down.
1: Well, and, and that, in that particular instance, you're referring to uh, hashtag pack pro Marcus valid Scantling. Right. Who, um, who <laughs> had a great who, game. Had a huge, I mean, like, and, and look, I, okay. I don't by and large agree with you that like, you know, players, you know, players win the games. You know, you can, regardless of officiating out you know what happens with a certain officiating stuff for the most part, you know, it's, it's, Yeah, certain teams, you know, the teams win the game, the players win the game. But uh, in this case, too, uh, MBS realizes that he's short. It's a great, it's a great, it's a really risky and aggressive move. He holds the ball out before he's, you know, down on the ground, stretching out for the first down. Uh, But then, and I'm pretty sure the rule book states it just like this, if you voluntarily retract the ball it's it's not where the ball, it's not where your forward progress was. So if you if you extend your hand like that where he was and then you voluntarily retract it, it's where the ball is when your knee hits the ground. So not only do they spot it, but they actually spotted it correctly the first time and then went back and reviewed it and misinterpreted the rule. And, and I guess that's sort of like... That's sort of my beef with the officiating. And, I, and I, I don't, I like, I really don't, I try not to, I, I don't do a very good job but I try not to complain about it on the podcast too much or on, you know, radio stuff. But it's like the NFL is a $14 billion business. They have, like, in the Eagles and 49ers game, Devontae Smith catches a ball down the sideline. It yep. appears. An incredible catch on fourth and three. Um, and when, when Nick Sirianni and the Eagles decide to go for it. But unbeknownst to, literally everyone on planet earth because the replay wasn't shown, including the people with Fox, because the re, the, the in the booth, the replay wasn't even shown until they went to commercial break. This ball clearly hit the ground. Yeah. Now, Devontae Smith does a signal where he, you, know, you make a catch like that. Usually you celebrate. If you know it hit the ground, you know, sometimes you'll, you know, you can see it. He pounds his two fists together and he you know, starts telling everybody to hurry up and run a play. The Eagles sprint up there. They run a play. Um, Kyle Shanahan didn't get his challenge flag out, but it would have been difficult for, and like I mentioned in, in our Slack and maybe on the text, lines, I was like, Are we, is it chance that ball was loose? Because you could kind of see it moving a little bit from one angle, which would have prompted me at that point in time, given the given that it was fourth and three, you know, it's the NFC championship game. You would get the ball back around midfield versus the Eagles having a first and goal. I think I'm throwing the challenge flag anyway, but there wasn't a great replay for Kyle's guys to say, you should do this. However, the NFL, in theory, has like all kinds of feeds in the control room. It, surely somebody at the NFL, before the Eagles could run another play, saw that ball hit the ground. And if not, what are we doing? Like, Because they, like, they, like, they have this replay assist to correct obvious mistakes. And while that wasn't an obvious mistake by an official, because it was difficult to see, right. it is clearly like, it was one of the two or three biggest plays of the entire game. Like, that was worth... The, you know, I went and looked at the advanced stats. That that play was a bigger win percentage swing and a bigger expected points added uh, than Christian McCaffrey's 23-yard touchdown that tied the game up. Really? That's, oh yeah. I mean, it's crazy like that. You know, and so it, it just it just bothers me that there the, the lack of consistency with which the NFL manages these replays and manages these. Um, manages the officiating and all of that, and the lack of transparency. They don't want to admit that the officials make mistakes, even though we all know they do. My gosh. It's like, it's not, like, it's not like conspiracy, it's incompetence. And it's, it, it just sort of bugs me.
0: I mean, they, they've already told us that officials make mistakes because we have instant replay. Uh, <laughs> that, that's that's right, right, inherent. Right. If the right. officials got them all right, we wouldn't need instant replay Correct. in, in okay. any sport. All right, so wait a second. So d- did I just learn something that the NFL could have overturned that call on their own without Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan said after the game that I didn't want to throw my flag because the only replay that he saw looked like a catch and he didn't feel like throwing a timeout away um
1: which maybe they should have done anyway but he, he, I mean, he, he should have done it but but yes yes but the NFL so you know so like this is, again the replay assist which got instituted sometime in the middle of last year without any formal announcement okay, or kay. any like, explanation of the guidelines of what it would be used. And nobody really knew what it was called until Mike Jericho was like, that's the replay assist we've been told about on the NBC broadcast, the playoff broadcast between the Bengals and the Raiders last year. It was like, excuse me, what? Is this, <laughs> that the name of it? Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> no, internally, I'm sure there's stuff that's been bandied about. But what, what, what happens is, when a mistake is made by the officials, and they did do it once yesterday, I'm trying to think exactly what it was. They they will come back and say after a conversation on the field. But it's like they haven't huddled up on a Some spotted ball. York, they did it on a spotted ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they they that's right. They did it with a spotted ball. They say after after a after a conversation on the field. There's no conversation on the field. Somebody in New York is buzzing into their ear and saying, "Hey, this is messed up." And but they don't want it to be. They don't want it to look like they're being overturned by an eye in the sky. They want it to look like. You know, we hobbled up and figured it out. Because they don't want the they're, – they're, they're the ham-fisted organization that doesn't want it to look like it's bad PR, even though trying to, like, cover up the mistakes is even worse PR than just being like, you know what, it, there's, like, six old dudes up there running around trying to keep up these, like, you know, high-level athletes and, and spot the ball at their eyes from 50 yards away. Sometimes it doesn't work out perfectly. Like, it's it's okay to make mistakes.
0: You know, it, it's, it's – uh, the last time I heard of the NFL – changing a rule midstream was in week 18 when uh when they decided to ignore the rule that they put in place for canceled games due to covid simply by using winning percentage uh as the uh the the general backup rule they decided now that they weren't going to use winning percentage that they were going to basically jerry rig the uh, the way they did the standings just in case it was Buffalo, Kansas City, we would have that at a neutral site. Uh, real quick before we break and we'll come back and we'll talk about, uh, you know, a little bit more of both games. Do you think that we are headed in the near future to neutral site conference championship games?
1: Uh, I hate, I hate to even think about it. It's so gross to think about. It, um, it would not surprise me at all. You know, look at um, – you know, look at—I mean, look at—you know—college footballs. Right? They're like, Okay, we love tradition, and that's why we do. And they're like, oh wait, we can make more money. Let's, all right, let's—you know—we're exp- like they're not expanding the playoffs for the good of like the good of the fan. You know, it's anything that they're doing is like for money, right? I mean, that's, right. I mean, that's okay. I mean, that, you know, as long as we know that, it's fine. And I think they're fairly kind of transparent about it. But yeah, um, I don't—I don't think that that's an outrageous possibility in the future. It, 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 It's—it's an outrageous possibility in the sense of like. If you do that, it's terrible. Um, it's not an outrageous possibility in the sense of, like, it would not surprise me if the NFL decided that it could, you know, uh, you, know you could showcase your stadium. You, you know, they only get to showcase one stadium per year. There's a whole process for applying for the Super Bowl. They do it, like, five years in advance for the location. If you build a new stadium, you get the benefit of it. it. It would not surprise me at all if they said, you know what, a neutral site game would be, uh, you know, a really cool thing now. I think if they do that, the problem is if you do that, you are you've created a 17 playoff, right? You've expanded the playoffs to the point where there's only one team that gets a bye, and then they get to to field advantage out. Well, you are, you know, if you want to, you want to, you want to reward the number one seed. I mean, you are really taken away from the one seed. Yep. If you know, let's say like the Tennessee Titans get the one seed, right, and they end up having to play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, which I think actually happened. But um, maybe they weren't the one seed, but you get the point. Um, yeah, the and instead of hosting in Nashville and getting all like the Titans fans are not going to travel the same way the Chiefs fans travel, or they host the Bills and they have to go to like the it's already been decided ahead of time that the neutral site stadium is going to be in the Meadowlands for whatever reason, right? Well, all of a sudden you you, you know I think you just run the risk of taking away the um the the competitive the competitive advantage that you were trying to give, trying to reward the number one seed with. By moving the, you know, because well, like it's in LA, right? And you know, there's just so many different issues with it where you're asking these fans to travel for a championship game instead of saying, "All right, you get a." I, I hate the idea. How about um,
0: how about just looking at it from a fan perspective? I mean, there's a, there's a competitive perspective too, but how about a team's fans that invest the entire season? Right, wouldn't be able to like go to their own stadium. For a conference championship game, you'd have to send you'd have to send the, uh, the the the
1: Bills to Arizona. Are you are are we joking? Yeah, and and let's not forget too that when you know and, and look like again from a fan perspective, you know it's one thing to say okay, you know the the Chiefs just made the Super Bowl. You now have. Everyone from Kansas City, who, you know, could have done it ahead of time. You could have run the risk and, you know, got, like, refundable tickets or refundable hotel rooms or whatever. But now, you, you know, you have two weeks to get your travel together to get to Arizona. It's going to be expensive no matter what. It's right. Super Bowl. Hotels are like 1000 bucks a night. But, you know, you can put it all together, and it's an exciting time. It, it would be really tough to pull off if you're, you, you know, Let's say you travel on the road for a couple of playoff games, and now you got to—it's—it's just—it's it, just—it's just jamming the fans for for more exposure and dollars, and I, I can't stand the idea.
0: And that—that's why the NFL will definitely do it. All right, we'll I'll go.
1: Certainly try certainly pass it on somewhere in the near future. I don't—I do think though, that you got to remember, you know, it, something like this would, if, in order for it to happen, would have to pass through, you know, an owner's vote. And you know, when you talk about doing that, yeah, you could grow the pie a little bit, but you would also be. Yeah, you know, if you're like Clark, you know, if you're Clark Hunt, you're like, nah, nah I'm not voting for that. You're not saying that. I uh, the championship
0: game every year. I'm I would wager that. right now that they get the requisite votes to do that. I'd,
1: I uh, don't think, I don't think, I don't think it would happen for like five years,
0: personally. Five whole years. Uh, that's not that long a time. It's gonna, it, it, it will happen. All right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, apparently, Steve Wilkes is not the only Carolina head coaching finalist to be looking for a job. Will Brinson Pick Six Podcast moderator joins us. You leave for the Super Bowl when? Next uh next Sunday? Yeah, next Sunday afternoon, I believe.
1: Um, I don't know what time. I'll find out later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. fine. You don't need to know right now if you leave next Sunday. Uh all right, let me let me first of all, before we get to uh the game and anything else about this past weekend of football, uh your level of uh, shock, mine was pretty low, that Kellen Moore, like Steve Wilkes, needs to find a job. Dallas Cowboys let their offensive coordinator Wonder Kid go.
1: 13 or text Adam to six hundred seven hundred. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, uh, you know, it's I mean, one, it's hilarious that he was like one of the Panthers finalists.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, it's, it's two of the three finalists. All three of the, all three of the Carolina Panthers uh, finalists including the one that the guy they hired got fired in 20 in, during the 2022 season or right afterwards um which is amazing like even the guy they hired already got fired in the middle of the season um that's you know whatever i, I, I find that amusing about david Tepper's interview process anywho um yeah I, i'm not that shocked you know i think when um you know mike mccarthy took over the cowboys job he didn't want to keep telling more but Jerry Jones really liked Kellen Moore. He as a backup quarterback there. Um, he had, you know, he had helped, you know, sort of get Dak, you know, he'd been working with Dak and they wanted to try to keep some continuity. Mike McCarthy had only not called plays, I think, for one year with the Packers, uh, gave it up, didn't work great, and then he vowed never to do it again. So the fact that he'd been letting Kellen Moore call plays these past few years has been, frankly, been pretty surprising. And, um, you know, Jerry said he wants Mike McCarthy to coach as long as um, you know Tom Landry, which right. okay, Sure, that that doesn't happen in the modern NFL, but whatever. Um, and I think you know, he can say he can tell way he wants. He can prop up Mike McCarthy all he wants, but when Mike McCarthy lets go of I think six coaches initially, and then later fires Kellen Moore, I mean it tells you that as you know as much as the Cowboys have, um, you know have had success on offense the last few years, and they have, and they you know won a lot of games the last two years. It's it's clear that. And this is how it works with a lot of teams, with the Cowboys in particular, with Jerry Jones and his uh, impatience and desperation to get one more Super Bowl at least. Um, when you know, when you have the Eagles who are now in there going to the Super Bowl for the second time in five years after completely retooling it, tooling there's like two different head coaches, two different starting quarterbacks, um, you know, a whole different uh, setup. Like you know, they 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 built through the draft, they added all these pieces, that you know, they get this new coach who gets them to the Super Bowl. It's like there's that and then you have the giants they get to the playoffs that you know they lose and you know get blown out but they mm-hmm. don't get there. There's just all these factors that go into, you know, as much as Mike McCarthy's regular season was a good year, especially with Dak being hurt, you know that Jerry Jones is, you know, wants to see more, just wants to see that, that next step in, in playoff success. And I think that's where you get that internal pressure and that's why you see the change there at uh at the offensive coordinator position. Um, I think I saw where I think Mike McCarthy's going to call plays. He'll play he is. In the offensive quarter. He is going to call
0: gonna... plays. Here's here's the thing about Kellen Moore, and this is a fireable offense to me. Did you design that final play? Because if the answer is yes, that it was your decision, then, yeah, you got to go. Because I don't even know what that was
1: about. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it sucks that that's like the final play of his Cowboys coaching career. But it does look like he could be a possibility for the uh, Chargers job. And I just realized that I used up all the time. He, no, it's fine. All the time he had
0: the uh, let's uh, we have one more uh, one more minute. Your early thoughts on Super Bowl? What is this? Fifty seven. Your early thought, whatever the number is. Your early yeah, tho- Early thoughts on the Super
1: Bowl. Um, I mean, awesome matchup with a lot of storylines. You know, the two two number one seeds, the two best teams in football for for much of the year. Um, really the two teams that we debated, like, are, you know, which one, are these the best teams in football? Um, you have A.D. Reid against the Eagles, which is right. not a thing that we thought we'd ever see. You have the Kelsey brothers going off against, you know, each other. You have, um, you know, a whole host of different storylines. It's, it's, I think that I think the point spread will be really fascinating too, because it opened at KC minus one, got up to KC minus two, and like within an hour of the game, the Eagles game or the excuse me, the you know, the Chiefs game ending, it was already like Eagles minus two and a half. And so yep. we're going to see that thing ping pong around and bounce around a bunch, and that that's kind of interesting to me from a you know watching like. You know, where's the money going and who's you know, who's betting on who? Uh, you have the, Both the quarterbacks, Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, have dealt with injuries late in the year. Like, How much is that going to affect the spread? How much will that affect the game? Um, I think it'll be an awesome, awesome Super Bowl. Uh, I'm very excited for it.
0: Uh, I am as well. Uh, yeah, the uh, apparently there were like 24 bets in the first half hour of uh, taking the Eagles' Um at more than $10,000, had that flipped the line almost immediately. Will Brinson, we'll talk to you later. I' Tip. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about.